Welcome to this episode of Ready, Set, Grit, Your Life on Purpose with Ellen Barton, where you'll hear thought-provoking discussion, inspirational stories, and get action tips for creating the life of your dreams. Hello and welcome to Ready, Set, Grit, Your Life on Purpose, a weekly radio show and podcast series where we talk about the secrets behind living an inspired and extraordinary life. I'm Ellen Barton, and today my guest is the one and only Linda Fargnoli. Linda is a businesswoman. She's a horsewoman. She's a wife and mother of two beautiful young ladies. And at her horse barn, she's been running equine assisted therapy programs for a number of years. So we want to get into talking about that um, in a moment. But first, I just want um, to say hi to Linda. Hi, Linda. Thank you for being here. Yay. Happy to talk with you today. (laughs) It is lovely talking to you, too. And before we get into talking about these programs and, you know, how you you came to start them, I think it's important that we talk a little bit about the farm. You've been um, a horse person probably most of your life. Most of my life, yes, indeed. Yeah, how did you you get into horses in the first place, and how did you come to have this farm? Well, when I was six years old, my father bought me a pony which was every little girl's dream. Um, We had several other horses that we acquired after that. And I rode throughout my childhood and young adult life. Um, There was a a period of time that I didn't have horses after I married my husband, but my sisters stayed very involved. And the three of us would talk constantly about horses. One of them had um, a, a beautiful Frisian stallion, and, and he was showcased at the Oklahoma Stallion Showcase, and another sister traveled the East Coast and, and worked at various barns and was just an amazing equestrian, and we talked constantly about horses, and one day he decided that I needed some dream come true, um, and we went out and got a team of Clydesdales, which... I didn't really know very much about. I I didn't know how to drive horses and this was a driving team. They were very well schooled and, and we would just hitch these horses up every day and, and learn driving. And we eventually um, started a carriage service and became probably quite good at what we were doing in that industry. And I wanted a third horse. We at that time boarded at at another facility And he said, well, if you're going to get a third horse, you're going to need a barn of your own. We are not paying board on that many horses. And he, like every good husband, um, built me a barn. And that barn had 22 stalls in an indoor riding arena. And I was meant to fill them with boarders that were going to to pay this this whole venture off. that happened. I collected many wonderful boarders, Ellen being one of them. Very glad to have you there. And in the meantime, uh, someone came to my barn asking if their children with special needs could ride horses at our facility. I just really didn't know how to answer that. And somehow the universe was pulling on me saying, say yes, say yes to the, say yes to the universe. And I did. I said, yes, let's, let's try this. I loved what we were doing so much, watching these horses, literally healing these kids and and giving them so much joy in the meantime, 
that I started learning as much as I could about doing this. And we just started building programs on that and, and more. We brought in at-risk teams. We do work with veterans now. But what, if we were working with these individuals, with these people, we found that, that many of our participants were struggling with, with payment. They, they were not able to afford to, to participate. Well, we certainly didn't turn anyone away. We kept them coming and we formed a not-for-profit that allowed us to raise funds in order for them to participate in these programs. So Callie's Clubhouse at Fargnoli Farms was formed and we are now a, an official not-for-profit um, running out of Fargnoli Farms and growing by leaps and bounds. Yeah, it's a great story. And seeing firsthand the dedicated volunteers and all the people whose lives have been touched by the experience with the horses and the nonprofit is very cool. And I just want to bring some of that to the listeners who may not be familiar with the benefits of hippotherapy, which is this, I, I guess, is it still considered an alternative therapy? It's still considered an alternative therapy, although it's more and more recognized um, hippotherapy, for those of you who don't know, um, benefits all kinds of people, but we work with children who may have physical disabilities. Um, a lot of our children have not walked on their own, yet when we put them on the horse, the horse's shoulders cause the rider's pelvis to move in such a way that that child is experiencing the same movement as if they were walking on their own. Uh, they're building the muscles, they're developing that, that sequence of movement, and many times they begin to walk. It, it's a miracle in the making. So uh, yes, hippotherapy is up and coming, it's still considered alternative, but it is it's solid, proven, it works. Do you have any, um, I know there's so many success stories of people that have come through the program, but are there, is there maybe a couple that stand out to you as um, just tr um, truly amazing or, or something that stuck with you particularly above and beyond the others? There are, there are two that, that scream. They stand out to me in huge ways. And, and one is a little boy that, that came to us. He started riding with us when he was about two years old and he has CP. He couldn't walk on his own. Um, he, was the most entertaining or is the most entertaining, energetic little boy. And our volunteers just love to work with him. Uh, and he became kind of a, a best loved and everyone would take care of, of his progress on horseback. Well, one day this little boy came in and talked to us about this superhero race that he wanted to be in. Now here's a little boy that can't ride, but he sh or can't walk, but he showed up to ride every day in a superhero costume. He was either Batman or or Superman or someone, a superhero, and he was going to go be in this race. Now he could not walk, but he was going to be in this race. Well, all of the volunteers decided they were going to be in the race with him. He wasn't going to cross that finish line last. So we all dressed in superhero costumes, including our horses, and we went to this race. He crossed the finish line in front of probably 50 people that, that joined him in his quest and 
three miniature horses that were also on board and dressed as superheroes. So he inspired all these people to show up and support. And, and that then became a fundraiser for Kelly's Clubhouse. Now we officially have Ryan's superhero run walk every year as one of our major fundraisers for Kelly's Clubhouse. And Ryan, in a walker, finishes this race. It's amazing. Well, that's a beautiful story. That, that, that is amazing. You know, horses are incredible creatures. And not only... There's just something about it, like you say, the movement and, and just the energy of the horses. And what about with the teens? You have teenagers coming to the barn who are struggling with all kinds of um, difficult situations. We do. We, we have teens that have been abused. We have teens that have been abandoned. We have teens that are homeless. We have teens that have been incarcerated. Um, one story that stands out particularly to me and, and the reason it does is because it really, it was, it, this happened in the beginning of my work with, with these teens. And it, it made me realize how important this work was. And we had a group of, of young people show up. They were all girls at, in this particular group. And this one young lady was just off the wall. She was bouncing all over the barn. She was so annoying. The horses, I couldn't get the horses to stand still near her. And I thought, how obnoxious, you know, what am I going to do with this kid? And I went home that night just thinking, why, why did you send me this child? She's so annoying. And it just hit me like a ton of bricks. That's how everyone sees her. And this is what she needs from you. And one patience, this is going to happen. And two, how do we fix this? How do we fix this for her? So I went to the barn the next day and I gave her the most skittish horse on the place. Here, this is going to be your friend for the next eight weeks. Well, the horse didn't want anything to do with her. And, you know, she'd get loud and busy and have big body movements and the horse would go. And she would say, why doesn't this horse like me? Well, why do you think the horse does not like you? And she would describe the horse's behavior. Well, what do you think made the horse act like that? Well, she runs away when I do this with my arms or I get loud with my voice. What can we try that's different? So she started calming her energy, calming her body language, becoming a more peaceful teen, and really working on herself, although she didn't realize she was working on herself because she was working on building a relationship with this horse. At the end of the eight weeks, she was best friends with this horse. And she was quiet in her body movements and she was quiet in her language and she was peaceful. And she said, I was making that horse run away from me, wasn't I, Miss Linda? Do you think I do that to people? Wow. I, I tear up every time I tell the story because, of course, I didn't say yes. I said, I'm not around you when you're with other people. Do you think you do this to people? And if you do, did you learn something? from this horse that you can use when you interact with people. And that child left with this beautiful lesson that this horse taught her about self-control and being peaceful. And I love the story. And it taught me to look for what each child needs individually as they come through that barn. And that's what I started to do. Mm, that's beautiful. Is that similar to the experience you have with the veterans? Yes, we've actually had um, veterans come in 
to to view the facility. They always they're tentative when they come in. How can a horse help me? They're, they were noticing a, a certain veteran was noticing the horses. Some of them were laying down in the field. Other horses were standing watch, and they asked about that. Why is that happening? Is that horse okay? And we got to explain to them that horses act very much like a military unit. That horse is laying down and sleeping, and his horse friend is standing sentry for him. So um, they're hardwired to do this so that the sleeping horse is safe from danger because horses in the wild are, are attacked and eaten by predators. That simple statement brought tears to this veteran, brought back um, experiences that they had had while they were serving. And the conversation came up about that and, and the healing tears came out and then they then this person was hugging the horse and can I can I walk with this horse? Can I groom this horse? Can I and it just brought that relaxation so the rest of the program could take effect for this person. Quite wonderful. Mm. No, that's that's great. And what so there's you know, animals are amazing and there's therapy dogs and there was a story the other day about somebody that was trying to get a therapy peacock on a plane which seems (laughs) crazy um I shouldn't probably say that but it it seems a little unusual but what is it about horses that make them particularly um adept at helping humans to heal horses don't hide their emotions and they can help people identify their feelings um their, their survival depends on being able to accurately read the behavior and emotions of the herd. So if one horse is frightened, they all become frightened. Because of this hardwired trait, they can help us identify what we're feeling by becoming our emotional mirror. They can give us a very accurate picture of what energies we're presenting. If we are angry, that horse is going to be uptight and resentful or maybe not angry but present that kind of energy as well so they mimic us they mirror us in a very honest way one of the things that i find really interesting is when people are able to take their passions and their skills and maybe even their gifts that they come into this world with and um do good with them, you know, give back to the world. And I'm sure that when you were six years old with your first pony, you had no concept that one day you'd be running a nonprofit like Kelly's Clubhouse and be helping people with all of your knowledge and experience with horses. Um, yet that's kind of how things have evolved. Do you, is there some way you can maybe speak to this experience or um, do you think that people do um, – maybe come into life with a purpose or it, does everyone have, you know, certain gifts that they can identify and, and follow the thread of their passions to maybe be able to give back? I do agree with that. Yes. I believe that strongly. Um, I believe the universe pulled me to this exact spot. When I was a child, I loved animals. I loved people. And I thought I was going to be a veterinarian and through school, this was, my dream. I wanted to work with these animals and I just had so much compassion. I wanted everyone to feel well, every animal to feel well and every person to be happy. 
when we got to the bio classes, I could not dissect an animal. It was awful. And I thought, well, how am I going to be a veterinarian? I can't do this. So I went into the service field, food and beverage. I worked in restaurants and, and eventually my husband and I opened, well, my husband opened Janoli's restaurant just a month or two before I met him. And we've grown that for the last 28 years. That is really where I gained the people experience. So serving thousands and thousands and thousands of people through every celebration, funeral memorials, everything in their lives. We've had every type of, of people experience that tied in with all of my animal experience and all this horse experience and combined there the knowledge that I needed in, to run this nonprofit to be able to be, not to run the nonprofit, but to be able to help in the way that we can with horses, healing humans, the universe puts us where we need to be. We just need to say yes. I think that that's a really important point because sometimes during the the mundane parts of life or the day-to-day, you know, you, it's tempting to think like, why am I doing this? And what could I possibly be, you know, benefiting me or benefiting anyone else from doing this mundane task? But the truth is that we're always being given these experiences. I, and I think, too, being pulled on a certain path. And uh, I liked what you said about you just have to say yes. That's the crucial part. And say thank you. Thank you, universe, is one of my, I say it all day long. Thank you, universe. Thank you for that little lesson or that little gift. Yeah, absolutely. I've even learned how to say thankful for the tough stuff because the lessons in the tough stuff always is like the best the best uh, way to eventually give back or share something with somebody else it's amazing um, just watching things unfold very much so how um, so in your whole experience here um, we talked a little we, we talked a lot about the horses and the nonprofit and I also wanted to explore this word grit because this is something that I enjoy talking with podcast guests about it's an important word I think and it's been said that grit is one of the most important factors determining whether someone will be successful um, without grit you know people maybe give up too soon or something so has that been an important part of your experience it is a very important part of my experience. And I will tell you, um, my youngest sister always said that it wasn't Nike who coined the phrase, just do it. It was my dad. Ah. And he always said, you don't need a snooze button on your alarm clock when it's time to get up. Just do it. And he always had little sayings, little just do it sayings that that we lived by, you just do it. So when it came to, and Scott came from a very hardworking family as well. They, they worked from the time they were little children in the family store. So when it came time for Ginoli's, or our restaurant, I don't know if I'm allowed to say Ginoli's. Oh, here, absolutely. It's the best restaurant in the world. But um, it became a very busy very favorite local place. And our children worked there with us. And we continued on with that just do it 
mentality. We, we first of all, worked when everyone else played, when everyone else was celebrating. We were working Easter, Mother's Day, Thanksgiving, all of those holidays. And we would do the work until the work was done and done well. And something that we learned in all of this hard working while everyone else was celebrating was that we could celebrate too. We could celebrate the birthday and we could celebrate the moms and we could celebrate the religious holidays. And we learned that every day is a celebration. So it was okay that we weren't having our family dinner on Mother's Day. We would celebrate our personal our personal dinner, our personal family time, another day. But it became a very important kind of our motto at Denoli's. Every day is a celebration. And you get up, you go to work, just do it. But we celebrate it as well. We're blessed to have the work to do. And uh, you don't, you can't call in when, when you're the boss. You can't call in when you're the boss's kid. So you just do it. And I think that that is where the grit comes in. You know, you have to, and you learn to love to, so you go. Yeah, you know what I like about that that little um, story is that I I know you, and I have known you for many years, and I know that it's absolutely true. You're a super hardworking family, and I do admire that very much, but... What I um, have enjoyed witnessing is the transition from being such a hardworking um, person at the restaurant and then being able to put some of the energy now into the nonprofit. Your daughter's taking over uh, more of the day-to-day operations at the restaurant. Yeah. And, you know, it just comes back to that trusting your path thing, I think, because I guess when you're in the like 10 or 20 years ago, when you're in the day-to-day grind of working so hard and, and trying to enjoy the moments, but still, you know, not really knowing maybe I'm, I don't mean to speak for you, but I'm like assuming that it it can be all encompassing. And, and there is, there has to be this element of, of trust that this is a path and this has meaning and, you know, this, you know, Does that make sense to you? It does make sense to me. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, and I and I I love the idea of that, um, you know, being drawn towards something and and just going with it, just saying yes. So absolutely, and so people that find themselves now, you know, not really knowing where they're going to end up or how they're going to reach their dream, because to me personally, I think that the how part knowing all the steps between where you are now and where you want to be, it's impossible, difficult, impossible maybe to know the hows. And there has to be this um, release of control on some level, I, I think. So people, I often hear from people that are trying to get somewhere, they, they don't really know the how part, And some days it can be very difficult to stay positive and to stay, you know, to keep going towards that place without really knowing how you're going to get there. Is there any way you can speak to that? I absolutely can. I love those words, I can. And I use them with my teens. I use them with our riders. I can. I try to encourage people to use their challenges as opportunities to be creative. So 
a, a little rider comes in and, and says, I can't make it up that hill. Well, yes, you can. You can't do it in your wheelchair, but you can do it on the back of a horse. And there, there is a way to figure it out. You just have to think creatively. If the first step doesn't work, take the second one. Yeah, I know when I fell off my horse and got hurt and got kind of scared to ride um, again or to ride outside, the the blocks, the barriers were coming from myself, not from my horse, not from anyone else. And I think so often we just have to get around our own mind and convince ourselves that we can do something. I can. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. Make that your new model. <laughs> it totally is. Totally is. And it has been so inspirational watching Kelly's Clubhouse and all the volunteers and every, you know, all the good that's being done there. What is next for your nonprofit and your programs? Next. Well, I view this. Kelly's Clubhouse at Fargnoli Farms is an ecosystem. Each part needs the next part in order to survive. Those horses, a lot of them are repurposed horses, need us so that they can continue on with healthy, happy lives and a purpose. The volunteers need the riders and the teams and the people who come and participate. And those participants need the horses. So I just see that circle of healing, that ecosystem growing larger and larger. And I pray that it grows larger and larger. The more people we can help, the better off we'll all be. The more horses we can help, the more people we can help, the more volunteers that we can get working in our programs. Your, your enthusiasm and your vision is infectious, is, is really beautiful. I can see it. And I'm excited to witness it um, in the coming years. But, um, and we are almost out of time, but I just wonder before we wrap up, are there any final words of wisdom you could share with us? So, yes, there are. And it's been kind of a theme throughout this whole interview, but there, you can, I can, work hard, one, do what you love, and celebrate everything. Celebrate everything every day. Every day. And I think I heard the gratitude thing in there too. I, let's let's just sprinkle that say on top. Thank you. I yeah. I say thank you a million times a day, and I thank you, Ellen. Ah, uh, thank you for being on this podcast. I really appreciate it. It's always a pleasure to talk with you, Linda. And it will be very exciting to see where Kelly's Clubhouse goes in the future. I will certainly post a link to the website um, on the page with all the information about uh, the show and you and, and all that you're doing, and people can check it out. And if they you know, want to make a donation or just see what you're up to, um, all the links will be there. So um, thank you so much for being on the show. My guest today was Linda Fargnoli. She's the founder of Kelly's Clubhouse. And you can find this complete interview and links to Kelly's Clubhouse website and social media pages and much more on our website, readysetgrit.com. 
Thank you again for joining us, and please tune in again next week at the same time for more inspirational stories and tips for creating the life of your dreams. Thanks for tuning in to Ready, Set, Grit, your life on purpose with Ellen Barton. Look us up online at readysetgrit.com where you'll find daily inspiration, links to our social media, and where you can access our eBooks and online classes. Ready, Set, Grit, inspired actions, real results.